Welcome to KXAN News Today. Here are your Monday morning headlines. Austin police are searching for a suspect involved in a deadly East Austin shooting. According to APD, a man died at the hospital after being shot on Loyola Lane near the Dottie Jordan Rec Center around 8 o'clock last night. The Department of Public Safety continues to investigate a fiery head-on crash. This killed two people over the weekend. DPS saying a Chevy struck a Ford on Highway 95 south of Taylor. It was on Saturday afternoon and both drivers died. The grandmother of the French teenager police shot and killed during a traffic stop is calling on rioters to stop after five nights of unrest. France faces its worst social upheaval in years, but the violence seemed to be going down. The interior minister said police made 78 arrests nationwide Sunday, down significantly from the 719 arrests on Saturday. This was a reckless, cowardly act of violence uh, that has taken two lives and altered uh, many, many more. He's talking about that mass shooting in Baltimore over the weekend at a block party. Two people dead and dozens are injured. Good morning, everyone. I'm Sally Hernandez. And I'm Tom Miller. The victims in Sunday morning shooting rampage ranged from 13 to 32 years old. Half of them that were hurt under the age of 18. Investigators believe more than one shooter was involved so far. Officers haven't made any arrests. First warning weather with meteorologist Sean Kelly. Good morning, everyone. We are waking up to some warm temperatures out there here on this beautiful Monday morning. Hey, we finally, finally over the weekend here stayed below that 100 degree mark. We'll take it. Any kind of cool air or cooler air that we can get at this point is uh, wonderful to see. And it's nice and comfortable into the panhandle. Wouldn't that be nice? Temperatures there into the 60s, dew points into the 50s. So that's some dry air. Unfortunately, here at home, we are stuck with the mugginess, the humidity. It is here to stay. In fact, in fact, it gets worse before it gets better. As we head towards the end of the week, and we're all heading back to work Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, we're talking about to dew points there uh, that could range into the mid and upper 70s, and that's going to make those feels like temperatures really uh, exceed the uh, triple digits for much of the area. A live look on the Austonian weather camera showing temperatures here into the low 80s, 82 degrees here in Austin. Quiet conditions out in the hill country, sitting at 76 in Mason, 76 in Castell, up through San Saba, 75, 81 in Kingsland, 80s in the metro here from uh, Georgetown down through Austin, 80s further out towards the east. Coming up in first warning weather, some rain in the forecast and we'll let you know how long we stay below 100 degrees. That's ahead in the next few minutes. Thank you, Sean. As people are flocking to our local lakes, Texas Parks and Wildlife needs some help from boaters. Wants to keep underwater invaders from spreading during the 4th of July holiday. Yeah, with more boaters on the water, it says invasive plants and zebra mussels and are spreading easier. It reminds boaters to clean, dry, and drain their boats if moving from one body of water to another. It says several factors can be behind why some say that this is um, already spreading and others say what they're doing to make sure that it doesn't. Crowding at the boat ramps, that can be a big issue and lack of places to clean out your boats. People don't believe that everyone else is doing it. Parks and Wildlife says zebra mussels first infested Lake Texoma near the Oklahoma border back in 09. 
They've now been found in 31 Texas lakes, including Austin, Georgetown, Ladybird, LBJ, and Lake Travis. Going in depth on this, according to the U.S. Geological Survey, zebra mussels are native to freshwaters in Eurasia. It says that they probably arrived in the Great Lakes in the 1980s. Believes that that happened through water discharge from large ships coming in from Europe. Zebra mussels filter out that algae that native species need for food. They also attach to and incapacitate native mussels. Utilities spend millions of dollars removing these zebra mussels from clogged water intakes. You know, people traveling by air this 4th of July holiday have already set a new travel record. According to Transportation Secretary Administration, more than 2,800,000 people went through checkpoints on Friday, beating the previous record back in 2019 on the Sunday after Thanksgiving. AAA projected around 51 million people will travel 50 miles or more from home during this holiday, which would set a record for the day. Now, if you are flying out this morning, here's a phone number that you need to write down, okay? We'll keep it up on the screen so you can have time to do it. 512-530-3307. It's going to give you an update when it comes to parking information at Austin's airport, so that's why you need to keep it handy. The airport saw record-breaking passenger numbers over the weekend. There were more than 37,000 departing passengers on Saturday alone, breaking the record for the second busiest travel day at Austin's airport. Previously, the second busiest day was the Friday before South by Southwest this year with more than 36,000 passengers. Ahead for drivers, what is the construction going to look like on Highway 71? And wait until you hear how these two caught this huge catfish. It was not with a fishing pole. The fishtail, as big as Texas, next. If you are heading to the beach or East Texas for the holiday, you want to be prepared for some delays through Del Valley over on Highway 71. Erica Prentice found out frustration now can mean a smoother drive in the future. Highway 71 at Ross Road and Kellum Road is part of the Austin area that I frequently watch back up, especially for drivers coming in and out of town from Bastrop County. But in another year, we should see major improvements to your drive time. There's a big construction zone between Ross and Kellum, and this is going to pay off for travelers in a big way once these projects are complete. Uh, what we're doing is removing the traffic signals from the main lanes of SH-71 and we will put bridges in there. Bridges that will eliminate the traffic lights right there, making it easier for commuter traffic to get through Del Valley on Highway 71 and easier for local traffic to navigate those smaller trips. When you have that much traffic there on Ross Road that's entering SH-71 or, or vice versa and you have the schools in that area, you have uh, development there, housing development, uh, as well as commercial. It's important that we uh, make it as safe as possible. But the improvements are not going to stop here at Ross Road and Kellum along Highway 71. Texod is also planning to remove the lights on Highway 71 at Tucker Hill Lane, also at 71 and Pope Ben, as well as the intersection of Highway 71 and FM 1209 in Bastrop. Once those projects are complete in the next several years, then you'll be able to go from basically Austin Bergstrom International Airport 
to Houston without encountering a single traffic signal. TxDOT expects this $60 million project to wrap up in about a year. In Del Valley, Erica Brennis, KXAN News. More people going to be popping off fireworks today through tomorrow. The research, though, saying one of the most common used by children is one of the most dangerous. And a Houston 20-year-old making waves by raising millions for political change in her home state. Astros and Rangers play the third game of their four-game series, and we'll hear from Austin FC about their match on Saturday night against Inter-Miami. That's later in sports. Keep it easy. Good morning, a live look outside from our Indeed Domain Tower camera up in North Austin at the Domain. We appreciate you being here with us on KXAN News Today. Now, once we start to hit the back half of summer, you can expect to see the campaign season heating up. And there's a new Democratic Super Political Action Committee promising to spend some big money here in Texas in the Senate race. It's launching its first ad in the next few weeks. Yeah, super PACs are groups that raise money for candidates, as you know, and Gigs and Monica Madden sat down with one of its founding members who at the age of 20 is the youngest person in the nation to lead a super PAC. This is how legitimate political organizing is done, and this is how we empower young people. Some call her the next big thing in democratic activism. It's a W day for democracy and progress. I met the president. 20-year-old Olivia Juliana found herself at the top of an untapped market in social media influencing. You could help more people than you could ever imagine. With more than a million followers combined across her social platforms, Juliana is inspiring Gen Z to get involved in politics. I'm in the Capitol right now. With her phone as her soapbox. And I'm just going to start making TikToks. And so I did. And I started making TikTok videos about politics and about the presidential election. And it really took off from there. The Houston-based activist is known for her firebrand style. I might be a little bit antagonistic at times, but it's okay for me to do that. You know why? Because one, I'm a teenager. It's in my nature. Best known for raising millions after a congressman's body shaming comments. We hit our goal of raising $2 million for abortion funds. Since then, members of Congress have invited her to the nation's capital. She's attended White House events and helped lead a grassroots organization called Gen Z for Change. But in our conversation, I met a softer side of Olivia, passionate about bridging America America's divides. I think ultimately the reason why there's so much political polarization is because people are just afraid to ask questions. And I don't ever want to put someone in the position where they feel like they can't ask me something because they're wor they're worried that I'll be offended or that uh, I'll be triggered. I just want people to be able to, to have open conversations because I think the more that we have those conversations, the less ignorance there is. Those open conversations started at home in her conservative Texas family. Look at your relationship with your dad as kind of like maybe your roadmap for the type of political conversations you want to have with complete strangers. If we show people, you know, on the opposing side, like, hey, I'm, you know, a human just like you are. And, you know, I value my family and my morals and my traditions just like you do. I think people will feel a lot better about, uh, you know, people on the other side. I think we'll see that polarization kind of start to die down. But make no mistake. I never said I was nice. I never said I was going to be respectful. At heart, I am, I firmly believe that I am just a political animal. And as for her political future. Can we expect a political run from you in the future? You know, if I run for office one day, I run for office. Do I have a plan to do that? No. But, you know, if I feel like it, God is calling me to do that at any given time, then I'll do it. But 
Uh, as for right now, you know, as a as an individual of faith, I feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. Um, and I think I'll, I'll probably just stick here for a while and finish college first. Monica Madden, KXAN News. 20 years old, right? Olivia is working as a senior advisor on the Super PAC, Lou's Cruz, dedicated to unseating incumbent U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. Normally, when you think hands-on learning at a library, you think books, right? That comes to mind. Well, kids in Dallas got a different sort of learning experience last week. Isn't that cool? EQuest took its mini ambassador horses, Ranger and Dare, to one of the branches. EQuest uses therapy horses to help children, adults, and veterans with disabilities. Children got a chance to brush the horse's mane and learn how to interact with a live animal. Those horses don't seem to mind it too much either. No, very Texas that you bring a horse <laughs> into the library. Of course. <laughs> uh, to North Texas, fishermen are waiting to see if they're going to become national record holders in catfish noodling. It certainly looks like they might. So this is where you put your hand into the water and grab a fish rather than use a fishing pole. So look at this. Justin White and Whoa. Drew Moore caught this big boy, a massive 98-pound, 56-inch catfish while searching in Lake Tawanakini, they were able to get the fish out of a hole that was 14 feet deep with nothing but their hands. And that's kind of the goal on these fish is to let them bite you and you grab them by the mouth and pull them out. But on a fish this size, you know, it was biting us and just kind of shaking us like a rag doll and shaking us loose. So it took us some time. It woke both of us bad, but we got our control finally. <laughs> All right, well, after they weighed the fish, they released it back into the lake. They let her go. This could be the biggest catfish ever noodled and weighed on a certified scale. That's insane. Almost you take pounds, your arm. Almost, yeah, 98 pounds. I mean, you have to, like, hold your buddy down, make sure he doesn't fall yes, in. And yes, and the fact that this hole was 14 feet deep. Like how much of I your body? I know, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm trying to yeah. figure it out. Like, are they swimming? Right. They have to, right? Think These you, are serious guys. This is, this is insane. <laughs> I need to learn more about this. Um, hey, yesterday felt a lot better. Did it? it a, a little bit. <laughs> I thought it felt better. You know what? We had the clouds around. We ended our eight-day streak of triple-digit okay. temperatures. Okay. That is so true. on paper it was yes. better. On yes. paper it was better. I uh, will continue to add to that today with temperatures staying below 100 degrees. And uh, for the next few days, still unseasonably hot, still above average, but we'll, we'll take anything we can get at this point. A live look out in the domain area once again, looking very pretty here on this Monday morning. Happy Monday. Hopefully you had a restful weekend. You're able to stay cool and you're ready for the holiday tomorrow. We're starting off here this morning through the next few hours with temperatures rising quickly. Now I know we will be sub 100 degrees for a high temperature, but those feels like temperatures that what really counts even in the shade. That's going to be well above 100 today by 1 p.m. We're already into the upper 90s. Not much relief overnight. 83 degrees in Georgetown, 78 in Rockdale, 79 in Giddings. Temperatures out in the hill country from San Saba down into Mason County there into the low and middle 70s. We'll all be into the triple digits for much of the area today in terms of those feels like temperatures factoring in the humidity and then the same thing for the day tomorrow. Look at this, some very light rain falling from the sky out into extreme western portions of the hill country. Some of this not even reaching the ground, but where more than likely is reaching the ground is out in Mason County. So you can make 
maybe pick up a few hundredths of an inch of rain before this gradually dries on out in the next few hours or so. Maybe even San Saba, you'll see a few sprinkles out there on your windshield early this morning. Cloudy skies for much of the state. We'll see more clouds than sun today, and that's what's going to keep us below that 100 degree mark. As you can see, that future cast showing just that. There's that 10 to 20 percent shower chance, or maybe even an isolated thunderstorm that we'll see, especially into the later part of the evening. We have a lower chance, 10 percent chance for the day uh, into tomorrow, and then another chance low end for your Wednesday. Pollen count. Looking pretty good. Mold is low. Grass is low. So we will take that for you uh, allergy sufferers like myself. 98 degrees for high temperature under a mainly cloudy sky. We see temperatures down to 97 tomorrow. 99 for your Wednesday. And then we'll watch those rain chances by the end of the week with things really heating back up by next weekend. As we approach the 4th of July, firefighters are getting ready for a busy time. The 4th of July brings a dramatic increase in fire danger. Many people out celebrating and shooting off fireworks as last year there were nearly 30 fires up in Pflugerville. From small grass fires all the way to buildings on fire. But the Pflugerville Fire Department says it is ready. Last year we had 142% um, more uh, increase in call volume. So. Um, we use that data to go ahead and um, bring in extra staffing to help deal with those extra calls. And so what that looks like for us is we'll be staffing two additional brush trucks to go out and handle uh, the majority of these fires that get started by uh, fireworks. Yeah, but fireworks are not just dangerous when it comes to starting fires. The Consumer Product Safety Commission says three quarters of all the estimated fireworks related injuries in 2022 happen around July 4th. Now it says the most dangerous fireworks are firecrackers with 1,300 injuries. And you may think, you know, they're safe, but sparklers cause the second most injuries with 600 people hurt, sparklers with 600 injuries, exactly. Now illegal fireworks are hurting about 500 people according to the commission, and then Roman candles hurt 400 people. So just something to watch out for as you head into the weekend, or the holiday, I should say, yeah. the weekend pass. <laughs> Our nurses at Ascension Seton Medical Center in Austin, they are back on the job. They returned back on Saturday after a strike over staffing issues. Nurses filling the sidewalks in front of the hospital to bargain for contracts that they say would alleviate staffing shortages. The union says the demonstration was the largest nurses strike in Texas history. We're spread too thin and we're not able to provide the care that we've promised people and that we're here to give them and that's why we came into this profession. I just feel like really empowered after the strike and really empowered together and we're feeling stronger than ever so we're ready to continue on and get this contract settled. In a statement Ascension called the strike disheartening and said it will continue to quote Negotiate in good faith until they can come to a mutually beneficial agreement that respects the human dignity and rights of all. This is KXAN Sports, brought to you by Thomas J. Henry. Good morning. The Rangers and Astros were deadlocked at one game apiece when they took the field in Arlington for the third game of their four-game set. On Sunday, the Globe Life Field we go. The managers exchanging hearty handshakes before the contest. Bruce Bochy for the Rangers, Dusty Baker for the Astros. Sack fly for the Rangers, had them up 1-0 in the sixth. Astros Mauricio Dubon with the answer, though, with a RBI double to score Kyle Tucker to tie the game up at one. Same score in the top of the eighth. 
Base is loaded for Chaz McCormick, noted Verizon member like me. Hits this one to right, and it goes right off the T-Mobile sign. Four to one Astros after he cleared the bases with that triple. So Houston sitting pretty. Then Nathaniel Lowe, though, for the Rangers with a man on. Hits this one deep to center field, and that's out of there. Now it's a one-run game, and the Rangers have some life. Top of the ninth, Astros still up one, Jose Altuve. No one on base for him, and he blasts this one to left field. That's gone. Five to three, Houston, and they win the game by that final score. The winning team has scored five runs in every game so far this series, so maybe the magic number is five instead of three. Series finale today at 1 o'clock. MLS, Austin FC was in a tough battle with Inter-Miami on Saturday night. Inter-Miami took the lead in the second half, courtesy of Joseph Martinez, who scored in the 47th minute. However, Austin FC came right back four minutes later and scored the tying goal, courtesy of Nick Lima. The goal was Lima's first of his Austin FC career. Now, on the good front, they were able to keep them at bay by preventing another goal to end in a draw. Now, Nick Lima believes, though, that things are trending up as they played their third straight match, resulting in at least one point. I think we're starting to find our groove. Um, I think I'll go back, you know, it's the MLS, and it, it takes a while. And it's, it's important that you get it this time and continue into the playoffs. And you got a big summer coming up and, and a big rest of the season. They'll take on Minnesota on the road coming up Saturday night at 7.30. That's it for sports. Thanks for joining KXAN News today. You can also listen to KXAN News nightly every weekday after 5.30 p.m. for in-depth coverage on what matters most to you.